0: Welcome to the North Omaha History Podcast with noted author and historian Adam Fletcher Sasse. Each week, Adam takes you on a guided tour through Omaha's dynamic past. If you'd like to support our efforts, go to patreon.com forward slash Omaha and consider becoming a patron of our podcast for just a few dollars a month. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Omaha. Well, we, we've, uh, we've done a previous podcast on early leaders in North Omaha. We talked about Brigham Young, uh, the founder of Florence, uh, James Mitchell, Erastus Beadle, who uh, founded uh, Sarato- Saratoga and Sulphur Springs, and the Kuntz brothers, that uh, Kuntz Place uh, and First National Bank. Uh, and now we're going to uh, talk about uh, African Americans uh, moving to Omaha. That began in what, the 1870s?
1: Yeah, so African-Americans have been in Omaha since the founding of the city and before. Really, the first African-American that we know of in Omaha was a slave named York who traveled with Lewis and Clark in 1804. So we can really identify the history of Omaha is black history, and black history is Omaha history, and uh, really recognizing that's important. In the 1870s, by the 1870s, there was a community of African-Americans who were being built up and developed in the city. Uh, African Americans were down in South Omaha when it was founded, uh, and worked at the stockyards and different places down there from the very beginning. In North Omaha, uh, you know, the North Omaha neighborhood really, the community really took off as early as the 1860s uh, when other community leaders started moving into that area. But the area um, that African Americans started moving into, we called the near North Side, and that was a mixed community of blacks, whites. European immigrants, Jewish people, all kinds of different folks. However, early on, uh, blacks were segregated in Omaha in their living quarters. And we know that a black, uh, they, 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 they called it um, uh, a district, um, a, a Negro district, where African Americans were moving into as a whole. And then it grew far beyond anybody's expectations into a wonderful, vibrant, and beautiful place filled with lots of history. But, yeah, that really began to take off in the 1870s
0: okay, all right, so let let's let's talk about a couple of names here. Uh, Silas Robbins
1: yeah, you know when when we really start to look at the history of African Americans in Omaha and uh, their the the role of community leaders among African Americans, Silas Robbins really stands out as being one of the very first community leaders that uh, stepped up and took a role. Uh, Silas was a politician, he was a businessman. He was an inventor and all kinds of different things. Most importantly, in 1889, uh, Robbins became the first African-American to be admitted to the Bar in Nebraska. From that position, Robbins took a a really great role throughout North Omaha, uh, defending blacks against unfair charges by uh, biased police, by biased courts. And Robbins really stepped in, stepped up, and guided the community towards some really great things. Um, Aside from being... A uh, lawyer, Robbins also, uh, well, aside from being admitted to the bar, Robbins was also, you know, a super active lawyer. And then he uh, became the second African-American to run for state legislature uh, in 1887. Uh, so, so Robbins really began to lay down the foundation for African-American leaders in Omaha. But, you know, right before him and, and, and I think equally, if not of more importance, was uh, Dr. Matthew Ricketts. Um, Ricketts really interesting story this is really deep at 38 years old he became the first African American in Nebraska elected to the state legislature and that was way back and, and his role Ricketts's role uh, is really it's unsung in Nebraska because folks don't really recognize that not only was he in the legislature he was also the first um, African American to graduate from uh, the University of Nebraska's medical school he was the first black doctor with certification in the state, uh, and he he really um, became a conduit for political power among African Americans in Omaha and throughout Nebraska at that point. Uh, he served in the legislature from ni- 1893 to 1897, and even though after that, he had a hard time staying in Nebraska, he kind of got railroaded out, ended up going to St. Joseph, Missouri, and died young. But... Matthew Ricketts definitely, Dr. Ricketts definitely um, laid, the, he set the bar, as it were, for community leadership in North Omaha.
0: Now, the Singletons, uh, they were an important part of, of, of North Omaha. There was Millard Singleton, his son John, and was Walter Singleton related to them?
1: He he was a brother of Mildred. Millard. Okay so, okay. so the Singletons have this fascinating story. Uh, where they all came en masse. Uh, the, the Millard and his brother Walter came up from the South, and they got going, and then uh, Millard's son John came up. So Millard Singleton, uh, he was a friend of Ricketts, of Dr. Ricketts, and uh, definitely a community leader, definitely influential. Um, in 1889, he became a leader of the Omaha Colored Republican Club, they called it. Uh, and in 96, 1896, he... Um, was a president of the club. He really led it in, in 1890. He helped to form the Afro-American league in Omaha, um, 1889. He was involved in, uh, colored men's convention. I mean, just all these different activities that Millard Singleton had his finger on the pulse of in 92. He actually went to the Republican national convention as the, as an Omaha delegate. Uh, we have to remember that at this point in time, the Republicans were the liberal party, uh, in the United States. That's and right. that's right. Um, uh, Millard had a role in that party. He ended up losing to Dr. Ricketts as the Republican nominee for state legislature in 96, they were friends, but they ran against each other. Uh, so that was a, it was an interesting time because the, the African American community in Omaha was so vibrant and so vital that they had African American political candidates running against each other and having huge, deep races that had a lot of meaning and showed a lot of substance in the community. Uh, In 1895, Millard Singleton became a justice of the peace, which at that point was a significant role in the neighborhood, and he was really recognized for being that leader. Interesting thing is that Millard's son, John, eventually got really involved in North Omaha politics and community leadership. Um, John worked as the deputy register of deeds for Douglas County, when was the first African American to really have a big, substantial role in county government. In 1926, John Singleton ran for a seat in the House of Representatives, and he won. Um, Now, he ended up losing when he ran again, but Singleton's name was definitely written deep into the history. Uh, And then Walter Singleton, who was Millard Singleton's brother, John Singleton's uncle, uh, he was a journalist and worked for the Omaha Progress, one of the black newspapers in the neighborhood. And uh, he was a close friend also of Dr. Ricketts. So you could see that these folks really worked together and fought a whole bunch of Struggle and strife. You know, one of the interesting things to paint it out as all being like an easy kind of conversation is challenging, too, because Omaha was very I mean, as a whole, it was a racist place and still has a lot of these undertones. But uh, what we know happened to John Singleton is that because of his influence, he was targeted by the KKK, who in 1930, they burnt a cross onto Singleton's lawn, John Singleton's lawn. His dad was around but John was away on business. John's wife and his niece were there in the house when the cross was being burnt. Oh boy. So Millard Singleton was right down the street. He came running over, tore the cross down in front of this huge crowd of white people that was watching a cross burn on the lawn. So we have to remember that there was, there's been tension between blacks and whites in Omaha since the city was founded, and it's a hard tension, and it's a real tension, and it's something we've got to bring out in this history, man. John Grant Pegg. John Pegg now we have to make sure that we mention John Grant Pegg because there is another John Pegg in the history of the neighborhood but John Grant Pegg came into Omaha in 1898 Uh, he was immediately he became a member of the city council Uh, and he was considered the black the black councilman the black councilman capital T Um, really interesting guy in 1910 Peg became the first African-American inspector of weights and measures for the city of Omaha. That job was actually a really significant job, the, the inspector of weights and measures, because he uh, certified all the all the machines for the groceries and the meat counters and all of these different uh, kind of technologies that were be- being invented and used at that point. And he became really influential and could use that influence to uh, leverage things for the black community and for his neighborhood in general there in the nearer north side. So – it's, it's also interesting to note that uh, John Grant Pegg was a Shriner and a member of the uh, Black Masons, the, the Prince Hall Masons, and we'll talk about them in another podcast, but um, definitely a fascinating and influential guy, to say the least.
0: Now, if you, uh, if, if you read Adam's uh, blog at NorthOmahaHistory.com, uh, you, you, you know that Clarence Wigington left his mark on North, North Omaha,
1: and it's still seen today. That's right. You know, there's so many different kinds of leaders in any part of our society. We have our social leaders. We have our religious leaders. We have our economic leaders. We have our cultural leaders. Clarence Wigington wasn't a standing in the front of the crowd kind of guy. He didn't lead the band down the street and do cheers and hollers and get people to follow him. Instead, Wigington led through his art. He was ultimately an artist, but his job was to be an architect. Uh, My good friend there in Omaha, uh, her name is... Linda Williams, uh, she's researched Clarence Wigginton really deeply, and and has some great work on him from around the city. You know, Clarence Wigginton, he graduated from Central High School when he was 16 years old. African American, lived in the near North Side, uh, lived in a couple other neighborhoods in Omaha as well as a young person. He ended up becoming an apprentice to Thomas Rogers Kimball. Kimball, we know. Uh, because he was the predominant architect in Omaha history. I mean, the man's signature is on everything. Well, Clarence Wigington was his student, and Clarence Wigington learned a lot from Thomas Rogers Kimball. He learned his technical expertise. Kimball went to a fancy French school, and since that wasn't available to Wigginson, he learned from Kimball, who was a, the, the great architect at the time. So Wigington ended up designing a number of buildings um, from an early age. At the age of 16, he entered a national competition and won it. Uh, off of a design for a duplex that eventually became what we know today as the – it's at 25th and Lake Street, and it's called the Broomfield Row House. Uh, The Broomfield Row House is a beautiful piece of architecture that still stands today. It shows some craftsman elements. It shows some uh, historic high Victorian elements, and it's just a really cool-looking building. Wigington has other pieces around Omaha, almost a dozen other different examples of his early work. You know, when he ended up going on uh, – and and while his influence in North Omaha is still felt and seen there, uh, he went on to work in St. Paul, Minnesota, where he became the predominant African-American architect probably in the whole country. He built more civic buildings than any other black architect in American history. So Wigington's influence in Omaha, even though it's limited to, you know, like I said, a dozen buildings – nationally, he's seen as an important figure. Uh, Central High School just recognized him as being one of the most influential alumni in their history. So his time is coming around in Omaha for sure. But Wigington's definitely a leader, just in a different way than what we think of most leaders.
0: Okay, now let, let's uh, fast forward, if that's the term, a little bit in uh, a few years, maybe 20 years, and talk about Mildred Brown. She fa- founded the Omaha Star.
1: Mildred Brown is one of the Grand Dames of North Omaha history. And and if she were alive, she'd she'd scoff at that. Uh, She's a very practical, down-to-earth woman who had a lot of class and style and led North Omaha in a wonderful way. In the 1930s, she and her husband, her then husband, founded the Omaha Star newspaper. Omaha has a long legacy of black newspapers, newspapers created by African-Americans for African-Americans. And Mildred Brown really carried on that legacy. She took control or she she founded the Omaha Star paper uh, and and took control of it by the 1940s from her husband who they divorced after they divorced. And she went ahead and really forged the Omaha Star into being a powerful, positive, very, very positive journal for the entirety of the neighborhood, uh, for the entirety of the black community in North Omaha. And in that role, she carried it all the way through into the 1980s. When she passed away in 89, her niece took it over. And uh, just recently her niece passed away, and now there's another committee that's running it. And it is just a beautiful newspaper, and I really encourage everybody to subscribe to the Omaha Star, not just for black news, but for a positive Omaha news. They really focus on positive stories they always have, and they do great things. But it's all that vision of Mildred Brown that began that. Mildred also had a lot of other powerful roles in North Omaha, including mentoring the Depores Club that was a uh, civil rights organization, and she uh, was also an ambassador appointed by uh, President Johnson. So Mildred Brown was definitely a powerhouse in Omaha history.
0: Absolutely. And, uh, hey, thanks for joining us for uh, another edition of the North Omaha History Podcast with Adam Fletcher Sassy. If you'd like to support our efforts, go to Patreon.com forward slash Omaha and consider becoming a patron for just a few dollars a month, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Omaha. Uh, if you Google Adam Fletcher Sassy, you're going to find his great selection of books on, on Amazon. There's there's all kinds of good, good stuff there on, on North Omaha history and Omaha history. His blog is NorthOmahahistory.com, and his Facebook is North Omaha History. All kinds of
1: good stuff to check out, Adam. Absolutely, and I hope everybody does.
0: Thanks for listening to the North Omaha History Podcast with noted author and historian Adam Fletcher Sasse. Join us next week as Adam takes you on another
1: guided tour through Omaha's dynamic past.